Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast for this week. Travis Krins and Nathan Stacken here with you. Travis, how are you doing? Gas is 50 cents higher than this time a year ago. Yeah, and like 30 cents more expensive than this time two weeks ago. It's ridiculous. It's funny, how, funny how that works. Funny how it works. Hmm. Maybe don't pull out of the Iran-Contra deal and gas prices won't jump up. I can only yeah. assume that plays a part. Played a part, maybe not entirely. Well, but well, we did a story on it. There was some lady, AAA South Dakota, did a story, and one of the factors and like supply and demand and all that stuff. And she mentioned the the Iran deal as being being a part of it, so it's it is a part of it. So. Making America yes. great, right? Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's been great, <laughs> but a great success, no doubt. Anyway, let's get to some sports talk here. Um. We got the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals going on in both the NBA and the NHL. I should say we had the Western Conference Finals going on in the NHL, but Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights, your Golden Knights, are in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, Unprecedented. It's been 50 years ago, too. 50, 50, exactly 50 years ago. The St. Louis Blues expansion team, they made it to... The uh, Stanley Cup Final. This is a this is a quite the remarkable story that should be garnering more national attention than it is, but it's still at least garnering some national attention. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great story. Uh, be interested to see what the ratings do. Like NBA ratings are are, are very good. They're up. Uh, they're very high. Uh, with some of the games, there's not been a single game that's been close. Uh, the Cleveland Boston game, what four was? Closest of all the games, and it wasn't all that close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm interested to see what uh, what happens uh, here. I think it'd probably be better that uh, Washington gets in just because Ovechkin and whatever, right? Uh, rather than Tampa Bay, or um, his game at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Eh, Vegas and Tampa Bay, I'm going to be fine. But uh, you know, people like it because of Vegas. People like it because. Uh, because it's an expansion team, so it's uh, it's exciting and that's that's good for hockey. Yes, it is. If it, it was ta- if it was Tampa and Winnipeg, I mean, you may as well just kiss the ratings goodbye because no one would care about yeah. that. The the NHL needs Alex Ovechkin in here. I mean, you'll have a great storyline in Vegas regardless. But can you imagine Vegas going against Alex Ovechkin, looking for her his first Stanley Cup? I mean, it would be that that's the the most ideal matchup that you could possibly get and that would be a huge rating bonanza for the NHL uh, and you know me I pay attention to the ratings I always hope that hockey draws a high rating uh, games though I, I would say that the games for the most part this year have not been nearly as close as they have been in past years there have been a lot more uh, three goal games uh, the, the margins of victory by three goals than there are one goal games and normally you kind of equate playoff hockey with these close games and that has not been the case thus far this year but uh, yeah Vegas against Washington would be great uh, the Capitals have uh, perver- shitted the proverbial bed so far they staved off elimination Monday night uh, we don't know what's going on you'll know uh, most everyone will know by the time you listen to this podcast if Washington is in the Stanley Cup final or not. Uh, so go, go Capitals! Uh, beat the Lightning. What did you, uh, you you had Washington and uh, what Nashville? Washington and Nashville. Yep, 
I had Washington. The the West is a complete uh, crapshoot. I had Vegas losing to the Kings, I believe, in seven in the first round. That was obviously a mistake. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, I mean, you just... They, they've proved the doubters wrong in every round. Um, I did have Tampa Bay against Washington, though, in the Eastern Conference, so that I at least nailed on the head, but... Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find when I said Pittsburgh Vegas. I went through a few shows. I didn't go into them very thoroughly. I'm trying to find it because I really want that clip. Probably the NHL preview back in October. Because you did one with Marcus. I don't know if they have that same show. We maybe did something at the end there, but uh, I'll hopefully find it here by the end of the week. And also, not, there were no really big upsets during the playoffs. So that was different, I guess, for hockey. Nashville as an eight made it last year. And mm-hmm. usually there's some upsets and, you know, Kings a few years ago. But, uh, you know, Vegas was the what, one or two seed and uh, with Tampa Bay and Washington are those your top two seeds. Be- Vegas, I think, was the three seed. Oh, and the top two were in the central. But I think if you look at the overall storyline with Vegas being an expansion team, I don't think it would have mattered regardless of the seating they have, I still think it's a it's a pretty big upset that they were able to get by the West, you know, the rest of the West. And granted, the Pacific Division, I know you're a big hockey buff here, but you know the Pacific Division is far weaker than the Central Division. Oh, it is. And, no doubt. No you know, doubt. So they had by far the easier run in the in the playoffs. Um, you know, then the then the 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 Jets or the the Predators, the Wild, let's say. Um, so that has something to do with it, but still, the mere fact that they're an expansion team and they're able to do this—it's it's just remarkable. Let's see. Thing about it is, they were good from the from the start, right? And no one thought that. It's not like no, it's not like they were like a seven or an eight seed, yeah, like a five hundred team that just got in. No, they were. Good right out of the gates. So that was that was the most impressive. Um, and the goalie, the Mark Andre Fleury. Yep. And you know what? People will. People I think are taking away a little bit from this story because of the expansion draft and the number of good players that Vegas was able to get. This wasn't the case when the Predators came into the league or the Wild or the Blue Jackets. We'll see if when. If and when Seattle gets their team, which it is likely to happen at this point, just what kind of rule will there be? Any set of different rules for that the NHL will put in place with Seattle to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again? Because this does seem to be like it would be a competitive disadvantage to your other teams. But I get that they you need to supply a. a an expansion team with at least some talent, but I, I just can't imagine we're going to see something like this again. And I, I would, it would be hard for me to imagine that we'll see this ever amongst any of the four pro sports. If there's ever you know expansion in NBA and uh, you know if the NFL or Major League Baseball were to do it again, I just can't see that happening. Like hockey, it happened again in hockey, so it's happened twice. Who's the and first you know, Oh, you're saying the Blues. Yep. Or the Blues making it. Yep. Uh, like, like Diamondbacks, they made the playoffs in their second year. Um, Panthers and Jaguars did in the NFL. Yep, so they also got Randy Johnson and Kirk Schilling. So that helps. Um, like with the NFL, you're going to need a good quarterback. 
and it appeared that those two teams had. Do you remember who the quarterbacks were for the Jaguars and the Panthers? Brunel and Kerry Collins. They were. No, Mark Brunel was very good. Was it and, uh, was Kerry it Kerry Collins, Collins for Carolina? I thought it was uh, Steve Berline. I believe it was Kerry Collins. I think. Hmm. And um, like Jacksonville is more of a. Did Carolina get a buy that year? Oh, that I would have to take a look at. Because Jacksonville didn't. Jacksonville barely got in. They they knocked off Denver in the second round. Denver, they were the... Prohibitive favorites. Big, yeah, they were the big Super Bowl favorite, and they went on to win it the next two years. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun deal where, you know, two expansion teams, and they almost played each other. Unbelievable. Right. Right, yeah. And I believe that was the year then... Yeah, because that was the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl, uh, and I, for whatever reason, I just I I can't remember anything else about the, you know, other than the Super Bowl and the mere fact that New England beat Jacksonville twenty to six. Why I, I why do I know that? I don't know. This is the the plague that happens here with uh, with sports here. You just remember weird stuff like that. And uh, I think when the, when Carolina beat Dallas, Carolina beat Dallas. Yep. In the uh, second round. Yep, here it is. So, uh, Buffalo Green Bay was very cold in Green Bay. Buffalo, uh, Jacksonville beat Buffalo in the wild card round, and then beat Denver uh, each by the same score, thirty to twenty-seven. So, remarkable there. Uh, Minnesota got in that last year. They got or in that year they got thumped by Dallas, forty to fifteen. But Carolina, what? Yeah, I, I can tell you where I was at for the Vikings Dallas game. Um, my mom's got like eight brothers and one sister, so that was uh, Christmas is big, and we went to uh, went out to eat, and then we also went to the bowling alley, and I remember that was a ABC game at the bowling alley on a Saturday, and that was a throttle. That was bad. And then I remember the next week, a friend of mine had a birthday party. I had a sleepover thing, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, Denver and uh, Jacksonville was on. So I remember. And, Why was that during two two weeks? And you are correct. It was Kerry Collins uh, okay. in that game. So, yeah, Carolina was the two seed. So, just remarkable stuff there. Um, and I think in the NFL, it's probably a little more difficult because of the you know, fact that you obviously a have to have that quarterback. But there's so many more positions and and players than in either you know NHL or NBA or or Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball probably. I mean, I, I get where that can be a little more challenging as well because, I mean, obviously if your pitchers aren't pitching well, then then you're, you know, SOL. Like we've seen Houston, it took a while for the Texans to get going. Yep. It took a good while for them. They won their first uh, ever yeah. game, though, uh, just like the uh, Minnesota Vikings did. They did. Beat Dallas and everyone to beat the Cowboys. Yep, on, yep on Sunday night football. There we go. So, um, and Jacksonville was, was good there at the beginning. Uh, Carolina, um, on and off. Like Arizona uh, was good right away. They spent money right away. Mm-hmm. And um, Tampa Bay was bad for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Florida, uh, the Marlins had they've had two good seasons, and that's been good for them. And uh, and, and the Rockies have struggled. I mean, the Rockies have kind of been you know they struggled, but uh, they made the World Series once so. They did. Promptly got swept by the Red Sox. I'm excited for, you know, if Seattle gets the team, uh, baseball, they want to expand, it sounds like. I don't like it. 
probably just like to see the expansion draft because I don't remember um, expansion drafts in baseball. I would just like to see who teams would uh, pick up and who would be available. So that would be fun. Where, where fun would baseball fun. expand to? I think Portland is where I would want. Okay. Um, I don't want Montreal. I don't want like Mexico City. Oh, uh, Drew Amon wants like the Virginia area. I would say Portland would be um, be prefer- preferable. What about uh, Vent- what about Vancouver uh, would be cool? Okay, Montreal. Sure. Uh, what about what? what about like Memphis or Nashville or uh, yeah, God forbid New Orleans? Uh, in New Orleans, Nashville, like Nashville's got uh, with the Nashville Sound. Oh, Triple A, Triple A for Triple A for Oakland. I think that'd be cool. Um, Vegas, Vegas is open for everybody now. That's Vegas very open true. For business. Well, they're gonna what, Super Bowl in Vegas here in the next ten years. Yeah, sounds like. And they're probably gonna so, get in the rotation here as that'd well. That'd be cool. Well, Portland for sure, and um, like a Vegas, like you can make it work with the divisions. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the thing, thing I don't like is if they go to thirty-two teams in baseball. I think they're going to change the divisions, whether it's two divisions of eight or four or four. And I like the way it is now. We'll see how they change it, but I would prefer them keep it the same. Oh, that would be interesting, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think the same with the NHL as well. Well, because you know. Right yeah, now, you have 15 teams in the West, 16 in the East. You get, add that team in Seattle, you obviously have eight and eight. But the there, there would be more teams on the Pacific uh, time zones, and I guess Mountain, if you're counting, you know Vegas and Arizona, Arizona for however many months of the year. But um, you know, the, I don't know how if you might have to go four and four. You know, you might like what the NFL does four four divisions of four teams each, and I'd be very curious to see how. They would make that work, but um, also also more susceptible to uh, earthquakes and fires. Well, they're not putting a team in Hawaii, right? <laughs> sure, probably not. No. no, no. I mean, this is a modern day Pompeii that's going on right before our very eyes there in Hawaii. Modern day Pompeii. Look at you. So uh, that's even over my head, right there. Did you ever see Pompeii the movie with uh, Kit Harrington and uh, I mean you know the of the the you know the of Pompeii you know destroying that uh, that island and you know near out the coast of Italy and uh, movies I movies are not my thing I'm not a movie movies are sure. no, no have you ever been to a casino and there's been a Pompeii slot yes. machine I don't think so okay all right. I say, I say uh, to the roulette, to the roulette wheel is where I say. All right, very good. And you make money off that, right? I've been lucky. The Colorado was a positive. Grand Falls Casino over the Iowa border. Yep, was a positive. There was one more. We can another one in eastern Iowa was a positive. So I feel like you've got a better chance than a machine. Right. Whatever, whatever that is. Nope, I, I agree with that uh, that sentiment. Yet still, I find myself uh, going to the slot machines because I want to get that bonus game. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Oh, by the way, the Carolina Panthers have a new man, uh, new owner now. 
Uh, $2.275 billion is what the Panthers sold for. Uh, it's to a what, guy who used to be a, it was a minority owner of the Steelers. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Anything else I got on this guy? Um, no, not really. Uh, but uh, Carolina Panthers, Jerry Richardson, the the guy who... R.I.P. Yeah, well, um, you know, he had some uh, lawsuits coming against him, some uh, workplace misconduct, and doesn't sound like anything's going to happen with that, surprise, surprise, because he sold the team, and he's pocketing $2.275 billion. So good for him. Good for him. Quite, quite the penalty. That'll show him. Yeah. That'll show him. <laughs> That's right. Give up your NFL team for $2 billion, and we won't press charges. Or, you know, make, you know, strip your team of draft picks or salary cap, anything like that. Yeah. that that'll show. You're right. Uh, NBA playoffs going on. Uh, the conference finals have been an absolute joke thus far. Uh, we might have a good game in progress in the Bay Area with Houston making a huge charge in the second half of game four, or second quarter of game four, excuse me. They had the 53-46 lead over the Warriors. Um, As we currently speak, it's a five-point lead for the Rockets. So I imagine the Warriors are going to come back. They are going to win. If they can go up 3-1, the series is done. But uh, quite the nice competitive game, at least, we have here. Because, you know, in Game 2 or Game 3, it was the 41-point blowout. Houston blew out Golden State in Game One or Game Two, excuse me. Game One, Golden State won by double digits. In the Eastern Conference, Cleveland and Boston, home teams keep winning, and it's just—I mean, does Boston even want to go play on the road? They may as well just say, you know what? Let's just take a week off here. Let's not—we're not gonna uh, even show up for game you know, for road games. We just want to play every game at home. So, just what the hell's going on with the with the with the basketball playoffs? One of, one of my pet peeves is the home and road difference, you know. Win by 20 at home, lose by 20 on the road. Um, I always make the joke, well, now Cleveland plays good because they're in the building in Cleveland and Boston, they're going to play good because now they're playing in the Boston basketball gym. So it doesn't make any sense. I wish it wasn't the way it was, but it is. Um, you know, Brad Stevens getting a lot of credit, as he should. Like, is he the worst coach on the road? Because they obviously can't win on the road. They won one game on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cleveland, I mean, they like, show up. I was like, what Cleveland game is going to show up uh, in Boston? I have no idea. So, it's very frustrating in that aspect. I do like, you know, like Golden State. They just beat everybody anywhere. I don't give a shit where it's at. Mm-hmm. But they won, like, 16. If they win tonight, it'd be 17 straight home games yep. that they've won. I, I assume the last time they lost a home game, or at least against Western Conference opponents. So uh, that's awfully impressive. I assume the last time they lost at home was Gene Seven against LeBron a couple years ago. Um, so, nope, it was uh, uh, well, opening series against Portland. Portland beat them at home? Yep. Well, last year, whenever that was. Uh, that's an awfully impressive yep. record for them. Oh, absolutely. Andre Iguodala is not playing in Game 4, so that... I think certainly is something to look at. You've got that leg injury, so you know we'll see what going forward if that is a big deal. Looks like uh, James Harden so far is going off, uh, but uh, hopefully the Warriors win because I don't want to see the Rockets in. Uh, let's just let's just do whatever we can do to get through the NBA Finals. Can you know complete that sweep because 
God knows that, uh, I mean, neither Cleveland or Boston is going to light a candle to Golden State. If it's Houston, I could see them maybe getting a game or two, but no more than that. Maybe give Cleveland a game, but, I mean, they beat them in five last year, probably no. And Cleveland's worse this year, year, wouldn't we say? Yeah, because Cleveland's significantly worse this year. But if Cleveland plays like they've played against, you know, Toronto and where they played against Boston, that that Cleveland can win a game, maybe two. I mean, if they play like that, but you know they don't usually play like that. Well, you so, can't. You were you were so dismissive of the Raptors. So can we really yeah, take I, what the yeah. Cavs did against them? Can we take it with a grain of salt? Like I, I don't know how we can say definitively. Oh yeah, that the way the Cavs played against Toronto. Means they could take a game here. I mean, the, the the Raptors just stink in the playoffs. So they do. I mean, I think what what people are going to forget, and like people have already forgotten. I think I said this last week, so I'll say it again, so people don't forget. Like Toronto, the first game wasn't overtime. They they had a lead late. They let it slip away. And Kevin Love should have gotten called for a flagrant foul in that game. Uh, the Raptors should have gotten the ball and a couple of free throws. So that changed the the outcome of that game, I would say. And then, I think it was, what, game three? or I think it was game three, because game four was a throttle. Game three, Toronto almost won that. That was the LeBron game winner. Mm-hmm. That was a tie game, the overtime. So, I mean, it, it very easily could have been 2-2. It very easily could have been a six or seven game series. With Boston and Philadelphia, same sort of thing. Boston won in five, but very close games. That was a very good series for it being a five-game series. So I think people will forget that when they look back at it and see sweep, and they went five. It was it was a close it was a closer series than a sweep. So, yep. um, I'll probably give Cleveland a game if they can play like they do at home. But uh, yeah, Golden State won it this year. Uh, Golden State gonna win it again next year. We'll see if LeBron goes to Houston. That'd be hell of a deal. Oh shit! But other than that, yeah. Oh shit is right. Other than that. I mean, Golden State's going to win it again next year. Yeah, I, I feel safe in saying this, and that would be four out of five, and, and that'd be great for them. Would it be great for the sport of basketball, though? I mean, it depends on the free agency, because this, you know, 2018 free agency is set up to be a huge deal. you got a lot of players moving around different spots. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've, all eyes are on LeBron, but you got, you know, Paul George, what's he going to do? Are the Lakers going to be able to get substantially better? How about a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves? Can they lure anyone in there? I mean, Philadelphia is certainly uh, a team to keep an eye on. Is is If LeBron goes to Houston, and you have Houston against Golden State, again, your, it would be your de facto Western you know, NBA Finals would be in the Western Conference Finals, assuming both teams make it there. It, but is that still good for basketball that you would have that? And if the Warriors win four out of five years, is that good? I mean, you really only have four or five teams that are legitimate uh, NBA finals or NBA championship caliber worthy teams. I think, as I said before, I think this is this is the way it's always been. True. You know, since Bird, since Bird and Magic, you know, they they may have gotten there different ways before. If you wanted three Hall of Famers, you had to draft or trade for them. Um, now you have to, you know, free agency is a big deal. You can just sign whoever you want, clear a bunch of cap space, and sign a guy. Um, 
Well, like, you know, Golden State, they got Durant, but before they got Durant, like, they were all homegrown guys. Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and all these guys were guys they drafted. Yep. And they won it. They won it. Very surprisingly, they won it. And then they, you know, lost it against LeBron the next year and they needed reinforcements, so they got Durant, so. And I would view um, Golden State as being a different team than, you know, some of the like the the Miami Heat, the manufactured big three. You know, this yeah. is like you said, this is homegrown talent. They they've drafted these guys. The only real, I mean, they they got Andre Iguodala. Say what you want about him, but he's been very good in that lineup. And then they got Kevin Durant. But that's those are the only. And I'm not even going to put Andre Iguodala in the same, uh, no. you know, hemisphere as Kevin Durant. But I mean that—that's the only thing you can really fault. You can say, "Oh, Golden State. Well, you know, why would you do that? You know, this is why it's bad." But you're right. Otherwise, everything else has been, um, has been done within the organization by drafting Curry, drafting Thompson, drafting Draymond Green. Uh, They—they've done it all. And you look at the Lakers. Obviously, they uh, traded for Kobe Bryant on draft night. So that was a good move. Yep. Uh, they traded for Shaq, and that's how they won titles. Uh, San Antonio, they drafted all of their guys. Duncan, Robinson, Parker, Ginobili, they, Kawhi Leonard. They're the best franchise. Uh, all homegrown guys. Uh, the Lakers did it again. They traded for Paul Gasol in a, in a ridiculous trade. Uh, they still had Kobe. They drafted Andrew Bynum. So it, it really wasn't until LeBron did what he did that we had that sort of situation. Boston did it with Garnett and Ray Allen. Uh, but we never had guys in their prime like LeBron do what he did, and Kevin Durant does what he did, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens here the next couple of years. Kawhi Leonard, but the Spurs, you know, Spurs sound like if they would need a huge haul to get rid of him. Um, if you combine Leonard with, you know, LeBron and they go to Philadelphia or wherever, then that's a formidable team. But uh, I just think this is the way it's always been. You know, you've only really had. It was either Boston or L.A. Boston or L.A. It was either the Bulls and there's nobody else. It was the Bulls. So Lakers, Spurs. Like, you know, the 2000s, it was the Lakers or the Spurs. The East didn't matter. But the East, when the hell was the last team a team from the East won? Mm-hmm. Like Miami, it was always, all right, is it going to be the Lakers or is it going to be the Spurs? So but whatever, you know, good or bad, that's just the way it's always been. Uh, when we talk next week, what's the NBA final matchup going to be? Golden State and Cleveland is what I think it will be. Good. I think it's going to. I want a game seven. I want a game seven on the road. I don't know if uh, LeBron did it at Golden State. Um, I want a game seven on the road. He may have done it one of those years against Indiana, maybe, but I want a game seven. All right. Well, we'll hopefully we'll get it. Um, I don't know when the NBA Finals start. I imagine they start next Thursday. What are you? 31st? 31st? Okay. 30th. Yeah, one of those three. Um, which would be a Thursday because the, the Stanley Cup final begins Memorial Day night, which is smart. Don't do it on Saturday. Do it on Monday. That's fine. Um, so uh, I haven't seen the full schedule or full layout yet, but it's nice because I think didn't the I feel like the NBA finals either last year or the year before started like June 6th or something like that. June 4th. It was just, it was crazy late. Um, so good. Your team's early. What's that? And this year it seems early. Yeah, so. it does. But I'm glad. I'm glad. Just do it. Just get it done with, and then we'll get on to NBA free agency. Because um, that's a big deal. 
Uh, let's see here now. Let's go to the diamond. Let's go to the diamond. Wow. Let's, are we burying the Minnesota Twins after losing two of three to the Milwaukee Brewers, who have all of a sudden the Brew Crew looking awfully good? Yeah, Brewers are better than I thought they would be because I didn't like their pitching. Uh, but they're pretty good leading that very tight, close division. I think Twins are fine. Twins will be around 500. Uh, Cleveland, maybe they'll uh, get going finally. But, uh, again, my, my thing with the Twins is they've not played Detroit uh, or Chicago or Kansas City. They only have like six, seven games against those teams. Uh, and they're going to beat the hell out of those teams, as we've mentioned. They and they're, and the they're doing it right now to the Tigers. Yep, and they're on the verge of sweeping the Tigers. If they can win tomorrow at noon, so that'd be a good sweep for them. Uh, and they're uh, with a game out of first. So they're three games, two games under 500. Game out of first. And um, if they want to play 500 and Cleveland wants to play 500, keep them in the race. That's fine with me. Uh, Joe Mauer, that's not good for Mauer. His neck, they're not calling it a concussion, but a neck situation, possible concussion, that doesn't seem great. Nope. I don't want to say his career is over, but it's not good. Uh, they did sign Chris Carter. And they got him from the Angels today. What? I thought, I mean, oh. that guy just can't give up sports. I mean, he had the NFL Hall of Fame career, and now he's going to baseball. I mean, good, for, good for Chris. Good for you, CeCe. They're going to have to find a replacement for his Fox show. Can't do that anymore. No, that's very true. He's got to play baseball. Yeah. Um, so, Chris Carter, Brewers guy, Yankees signed him last year. He's a guy that hits 200, that can hit a bunch of home runs. So that move, to me, signals that Bauer might be out for, for a while. Sano should be back this week. Uh, you can play him at first as well. Logan Morrison having a good month, so he's back to, to, to be about 300 hitters, so that's very good. Uh, and things are, things are good with the Twins. Uh, that the Milwaukee series was a 50-50 toss-up. Sure. A guy named Josh Josh Hader. This was like on Saturday night. The Josh closer? Hader. No, he's not even their closer, I don't think. Um, Corey Knievel's the closer. This guy, you see him the long hair, left-hander, yep. I, well, he struck out six, seven guys. Yeah. That is, how, that is how you use a reliever. Have yes. him out there for two-plus innings, struck out everybody damn near he saw. That is how you use... A bullpen, that is how I would use a bullpen. And I believe every time he is coming to the game, they have won every game. Oh, so he is coming in in good situations, and he's closing the door. He's not giving up anything. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Because I, I watched the, the bottom of the ninth yes. there, and just strikeout, strikeout, strike. I mean, this guy, he's throwing heat. Yep. That's great. And you know, speaking of moves, as you said, you would use these guys that you know, from the bullpen in these situations, get these six or seven outs, and just be done with it. On the, you know, that's what the Tampa Bay Rays did this last week, starting a closer in a couple of games against the Angels, going a, an inning and two thirds, a couple of innings, just getting it done. Very unconventional, but when you consider the fact that this is the Rays organization that Joe Madden used to manage for a, a while, he always had some kind of crazy stuff going on. Uh, who's their uh, former GM who's now at the Dodgers? The Rays GM? Yeah, who or who, who was that guy? Andrew something, I thought? Yeah, I had a long I was with the Dodgers. Yeah, he had a long name. Yep. He, he was very good uh, going 
in making them competitive. Yep. Uh, Andrew Friedman? Friedman, yes, thank you. Uh, yep. the, so he did a great job in, in terms of the scouting and the talent and stuff, but I know you were a huge fan of what the Rays did over the weekend. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was absolutely great because people say, you know, oh, you can't do this. You can't. Uh, you can't be a hitter and a pitcher. You you can't do this. Well, it's very hard to do. But Otani has proven that you can. If you're good at both, then you can. You can't. You know, you can't. Your starter has to go five, six inning. No, you can start a bullpen guy if he wants to go one inning or two inning. You can do that. There's no rules against that. You can do that. So I like that they. Uh, are, are doing this. It worked out. They won one. They lost one. Uh, Romo struck out the side the first uh, first time. Uh, next time, he like an inning in the third. The next day, uh, walked a couple, struck out a couple, didn't give up a run. So uh, results-wise, it was a success. I hope they do it again. And I think in the future, you're going to see. Uh, you're always going to have your, your aces, and you want them to go, you know, as, as far as they can. But when you get down to your fourth or fifth starter, and that's where we could be seeing guys, I would say, go three innings, go one time through the lineup. Because if you look at a guy the first time through the lineup, pretty good. The second and third times, especially the third times, will likely be the worst. So uh, it's, I don't think it's any different than uh, pitching a lefty against a lefty or a righty against a righty. You look at the stats and say, all right, that's a good matchup for my pitcher. Same way here, you have a pitcher go through the lineup once, throw 50 pitches, and call it a day. Well, great move. And do you think, though, that the that this has a chance to really catch on, and then, you know, how does it change how teams are eventually going to draft pitchers or how pitchers will will be used? I, I think, like you said, you know, we're... Uh, we're we're going to the days where there's not going to be fewer than you know less than 200 inning pitchers. Uh, are we going to see more and more pitchers maybe on the staffs, kind of going two or three innings and just you know just trying to get through the order once and then go out? I mean, is this something that you think can really latch on? I think so because right now we are under. I think mean, last year and this year. We're finally under six, less than six innings of start. So we're almost there. It's very rare now for your pitcher to go past, uh, to go six full lanes. The average is under that. So we're almost there, and I think it's just going to continue in that direction. Uh, I think there's always going to be those closers that want to come in in the ninth inning uh, to pitch one inning. But I think those Andrew Miller-type guys, that, that Josh Hader-type guys, that can give you multiple innings. I think those are your most valuable pitchers. Uh, the first inning, you're, you're facing the, the three best hitters, hopefully, that the other team has in the first inning. Uh, is the most the most runs are scored in the first inning, if you look at the stats. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to uh, not have them score in the first inning. The first inning is a very important inning. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it's a good idea. I mean, you're always going to have your Verlanders and, and guys like that. But, uh, you know, every third or fourth day, you try, maybe you try this out. I'm seeing here what Phil Hughes has been designated for assignment. Oh, man, who didn't see that coming? Zach, I'm glad. I'm surprised they did it because he's owed $22 million over these next two years. I'm surprised they did it, but I'm happy that they did. So unfortunate for him, but he'll get paid his money. So uh, injuries, it just didn't work out for him. Uh, Zach 
Zach Pozarks infielder for the Red, for the for the Angels. Yes. Had to go up against her and did you see what he said? He said, This is bad for baseball. I think mean, you're a dipshit, Zach Pozarks. So uh, uh people like that, it's like that's uh, weird. It's weird. Well, I mean Baseball players are kind of weird to begin with, with their unwritten rules. By the way, uh, update from the Bay Area. Uh, the Warriors going on a run here. Uh, let's see. It was 62-55 Houston. It is now 73-65 Golden State. So, um, yeah, looks like Houston had a chance. And now a 16-3 run. This is what the Warriors do. Uh, so I would assume that they will be able to keep this lead comfortably and hopefully win. Um, and then if, if they win, the Rockets are done, right? Yeah, they're done 3-1. Like, you know, we can talk about how great Golden State is, but I, I don't remember a team that can go on a run this quick. Like, they go on like a five, six-minute run like a 20-point run. And they do the it in the third game. quarter. They do. It's it's great to watch. Again, I said I'll, I'll never get tired of watching them because it's, it's a great collection of talent and they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Golden State. And, and like uh, did I mentioned, like it's probably been since the late 90s Yankees since there was a team this dominant. A team so much better than whoever is number two. Houston's the second-best team people think and they're not honestly they're all they're really not that close you know there's a Mm -hmm. there's a significant gap between Houston and Golden State there really is yes oh yeah Yep, no doubt. And it's all about styles in the playoffs and the fact that uh, Golden State has been able to win before and uh, Chris Paul hasn't and that's what it comes down to so yeah so uh Big lead now. Big run for the Warriors. We'll see if they can hang on against the Rockets. Um, anything else, baseball? Um, oh, my God. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Oh, yes, the 19-year-old phenom for the Nationals? Yes, he homered in his first at-bat, I believe, or uh, yes. his first start. Yep. Uh, tonight against the Padres, he reached base four times. He had three walks and a single. Uh, he came around to score the the winning run, so it looks like a good start for him, 19 years old. He played 122 minor league games. I think that's the fewest since A-Rod um, wow. for a guy that, you know, that young, 19, 20 years old, like in the, you know, 94 when A-Rod came up. So that's a whole lot of fun. Um, Are you slightly impressed that I knew who you were talking about right away? Yes, I am. I would have bet uh, that you would not have known who he was, and you uh, you knew who he was. So points for stacking. Uh, points for stacking. This this is just a throttle. This is a throttle here by by Golden State. Woohoo! Uh, there's a Canadian, uh, not a very tall man, but a very built gentleman. His name is Tyler O'Neill. You know who Tyler O'Neill is? That would shock the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no, I don't. Uh, is he? Uh, related to Brian O'Neill, now the Vikings rookie offensive tackle from Pittsburgh. Is not you, you got probably a one in twenty five chance of guessing what team he plays. Oh, uh, he probably plays. Um, hmm, hmm. Well, you really like the Braves, but I don't think it's going to be the, the Braves. Um, Canadian. Man, let's go with the Rockies. Uh, Cardinals. He plays with the Cardinals. Oh, He's an outfielder. Uh, like twenty two years old, Tyler O'Neill. 
a uh, very powerful young man, and uh, he's had a good start to his career. I think he's at home runs in two or three straight games. So uh, he would be a guy I would uh, pay attention to, Tyler O'Neill, for, for St. Louis. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay called up uh, their big prospect as shortstop. Uh, Willie, I don't know how to say his last name. His first name is Willie. His last name is like Adanus. This Adamus, isn't the guy uh, from the draft last year, right? No, no, that's Brandon McKee, and he is still when he was at Louisville. Yeah, and he is a guy. He is still pitching, and he is still hitting. So again, you talk about the Rays and uh, how innovative they are. But, and I would say, you know, look, look for this guy in a couple years to be a hitter pitcher. Well, okay, but. I get where you're coming from with the Rays being innovative, and I, and I, like I say, I totally agree yes. with that. But don't you think now that the the mere fact that you got you got Shohei Otani in uh, with the Angels, yep. where you could see this, so like there's a blueprint now for success and how to go about doing it with a with a pitcher and a hitter. I, so I get what you're saying, like the the Rays deserve some credit for for wanting to do this. But isn't it like Hunter Green also? Isn't he supposed to be kind of a hitter and a pitcher too? And they are shortstop pitcher. He's struggled now uh, his first few months in the minors with the Reds. But whosever decision it is, he's only being used as a pitcher. So, you know, they had a chance to do that, but they are not. And I credit Tampa Bay for not limiting him, Brandon McKay, to just one or the other. Right. Baseball, yeah, so good for them. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, you you can... uh further go on your point. I was just going to say, you know, again, I think Shohei Otani is is going yeah, to show and, that and it's okay for other teams to do this sort of thing. Yeah, so this Willie Adamas, he uh, struck out three times, but he hit a home run off of Chris Sale in his first ever game, so good for him. So there's a lot of big-time prospects coming up. A lot of that have come up here in just the last couple of days, so that's exciting to see. Uh, yeah, Brendan McKay, though they're making a pitch and hit, that's good. Like, baseball is the only sport's where it seems like they limit your how valuable you are. Uh, they take a pitcher, they take a very good pitcher, and they limit him to, to one inning. You can only throw one inning instead of maybe throwing a couple innings. Uh, you know, you got a guy that can hit and, uh, and pitch. No, we only want you to do one or the other. It's like they, they limit you. One other sport limits you so much. Like, no, we want you to do less. Well, okay. It doesn't make it. What other sport limits? It puts you on a disabled list with a with a blister on your thumb. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, blister. The thing like you could figure out how to, how to fix a goddamn blister, but apparently not. Right. Like you know, you could uh, football, a uh, very physical sport. Uh, you know, we've seen players play offense and defense. Yep. Um, you know, it, I mean, Deion Sanders did a little bit of it. Uh, was a Troy Brown they had a that who it was or Dan Branch they put him at cornerback for Christ's sake yep like it's, it doesn't happen often and, and it's difficult to do but you can it has been done um I'm what is what court, I, I want to see what happens with Core Daryl Patterson this year yes because we want him to be a running back and I think Belichick is smart enough to say alright this guy's a great returner Returns don't mean all hell of a lot anymore. He's not a he's not a he's a poor receiver. Make him a running back. Give him the ball ten times a game. Make him a running back. So well, um, that's kind of like what the Packers are trying to do with Ty Montgomery. Yes. But yes. Cordero Patterson is far better 
athlete, and he'd be far more yep. conducive to be able to run and catch out of the backfield than than Ty Montgomery. Yeah, so don't limit yourself to, well, this guy's a receiver, so he's got to, I mean, Bill Belichick is very good at, you know, taking a random running back, you know, whoever it is, and he, he can be a great player. So don't limit yourself just to, you know, one, one thing, if you can do both very well. Yeah, no, no doubt. So I, I, I like what the Rays are doing here. Um, so that's good. The Yankees keep rolling. Uh, they're phenomenal. The Diamondbacks keep losing. How concerned are you about the Diamondbacks? Yeah, pretty concerned. They've got injuries. Uh, Paul AJ Goldschmidt Paul sucks. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt is a terrible bat in like 205. Uh, AJ Pollock is hurt. they got a couple pitchers. Burks, the Zachs, like Zach Godley, and uh, the other Zach they have. So, not good right now. Um but yeah, that division seems to be wide open for anybody not named the Padres. Anything else uh, that from the from the world of baseball that's got your eye? About a quarter of the way done. Verlander's got a 1.05 ERA. Yikes! So he, he's, he's pitching out of his mind. Uh, Houston's rotation, maybe the best ever. Early sample size. Yet they're bad. Yeah, offense not quite there. The pitch, you know, that's that's pretty uh, tremendous so far. Cleveland's pitching staff set the record last year for strikeouts per nine innings at like 10. Uh, Houston's a little bit better than that, so Houston on pace to break that record that was set last year. Just Houston's starting staff, you just look at their starting pitching, Their strikeouts per nine are the equivalent of Randy Johnson. And their opponent's batting average they give up is the equivalent to Pedro Martinez. So literally every night they are having a combination. Yes, that is unbelievable. Literally every night they are putting a guy out there, production-wise, who is equaling Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez. That is unbelievable. But the Rockies are leading the the West. I believe the Brewers are leading the Central, or right there, and then the Braves are in front in the NL East. With the odds that all of those division leaders remain the same, or the odds that any of them remain the same come October, five percent, all of them. I think the Braves win that division. I love the Braves. They could play okay. five hundred the rest of the way, and I think they'd win the division. Ozzy Albies is great. Freddie Freeman is great. Uh, this, this Acuna is great. Remember when uh, you were yeah, dogging the Braves a couple years ago? I'm dogging them like fucking uh, last year. Last year, the Braves were a team that I would never watch. I had zero interest in watching the Braves on MLB TV. And now they're like uh, the Astros, where I, uh, I prefer to watch the Braves over almost any other team. Them and the Phillies. So, they, I, mean, they're, I mean, they have made a huge jump. So Very quickly from maybe maybe the you know when we were you know transcending you know the the White Sox as the up and coming like the next yep. Houston Astros maybe it's the, maybe it was truly the Atlanta Braves who are now the Houston Astros. See, I didn't like what they did when they tore it down because they were good when they tore it down and they're moving to their new stadium and they got rid of a bunch of guys even though they were you know a competitive team. But if this, if this is the results, then then they they proved me wrong, and they uh, they they got guys, they got guys, they got young guys, they got more on the way. So 
it's, it's awfully impressive what, what the Braves are doing so quick. No doubt. Uh, yeah. the, Phillies, the Phillies have got three starters. Aaron Nola is, is a dark horse uh, young guy. Scherzer, he's, he's running away with it now. But uh, Aaron Nola is very good. Jake Arrieta has had a good year. And I think I mentioned him before, a guy named Nick Pavetta has been very good. So Philadelphia, if they can get in the playoffs, they've got three really good starters. Wasn't he an the NBA referee, Bavetta? Uh, Dick B- Dick Bavetta, or whatever the hell, yeah, Bavetta. I don't think it's any relation. I, I don't think it is. But, uh, Nick, Nick Bavetta, good pitcher. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Anything? Oh, are you going to watch the Indy Car 500 series on on Sunday? Yeah, the Indianapolis 500. Yeah. See uh, who pours the milk over themselves. Like Memorial Day is the big racing day. Mm-hmm. It's like the racing each each holiday. Seemingly, you know, New Year's Eve is uh, or New Year's is college football, and uh, you know, Christmas with basketball and. Racing is Memorial Day, and yeah, Indy 500. Always uh, try to catch it. Part of it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, do you think Justify is going to win the Triple Crown? We have a few weeks to to do this, but did you watch any of the Preakness on Saturday? Yep, it was a mess. It was very close. Very close race. Hard to see. Yep. Um, I don't think he'll win. Okay. Um. I never understood, you know, they say, oh boy, that race took a lot out of them. Well, Jesus Christ, he's got three weeks to go here. <laughs> like, the, the, I, don't, I don't know the, the, the anatomy of a horse here, but I mean, you know, running, you know, a mile and a quarter, that's, you know, a hell of a deal for him, full bore. But, I mean, really, you're a, you're a thoroughbred. I mean, does it really take that, you know, three weeks to get over that? I don't know. Just give him some more oats. Feed him the oats. Adam Oates. Former Washington Capital, Adam Oates. We'll see if the Capitals are in the Stanley Good Cup job. final next week. Hopefully they are. Um, anything else before we say so long? Uh, WWE. Mm. Did, you see, did you see this? I did not. Uh, they, they signed a new TV deal. Did they now? Uh, Raw and SmackDown, there are two shows. That's on USA. Uh, Raw is staying on USA. Okay. Uh, SmackDown is moving. Where do you think it's moving to? Well, I was going to say, did you know Spike TV is no longer Spike TV? It's now Paramount Network? Paramount? Yes, Paramount, yeah. So I will say that they are moving to Paramount. They used to be on Spike TV back in the day. Uh, they're moving to Fox. Huh? Not FS1, right. Big Fox. Why? What? Big Fox. Like Friday nights on Big Fox is going to be smacked out. This is next fall, is like October of next year is when it starts. Is Fox going to have any television programming next year, next fall? I mean, you got Thursday night football. You got now. Yes, what you said it was SmackDown. On uh, on Friday, yeah. I mean, so it's two nights there for the fall. Wow, wow. Uh, what what do you make of this? What do you think of that? That's that's part of the story. What do you think they're paying them? It's a five year deal. What do you think Fox is paying WWE to 
SmackDown every Friday night. I am. I am going it is, to. It is. It is triple. It is triple what they're making now. So they tripled their, and it's not like their ratings are going up. Their ratings are good. Yeah, but it's not like they're going up. So I was going to say, might it be dumb to say that it's more than what they would be paying for Thursday night football? You know, the NFL, what five hundred fifty million dollars or five six hundred some million dollars a a year? I will say, are they paying like four hundred million? They're paying a billion dollars for five years. So is that two hundred million? Two hundred million a year. Two, two basically four million an episode. Hmm. Two hundred million a year, a billion dollars to broadcast wrestling for five years. Does that make any sense to you? No. Okay. That is an obscenely. I think they're making like sixty million now. From USA Network, NBC, and uh, you know, NBC USA. Yep. Uh, and Raw is getting a similar deal on USA. So they have two deals that are combined $2 billion for five years. Wow. Uh, that stunned me. Yeah. $2 I mean, maybe they're getting all this money dollars. from, like, the Bill O'Reilly contract that they got out of. Shit. There you go. Could be. Uh, they do have Ronda Rousey. She's a big time deal, so yep. that can't hurt. But uh, that is a large sum of money. It is. I'll be very curious to see how the ratings are early on. I am. Right now, Raw gets around three million, the low three millions, upper twos, low threes. Uh, SmackDown about two and a half million. Um. So you move it to Friday. You move it to Big Fox. Can they get? Three million, maybe three million, somewhere in there. Is that worth it? We'll see. Well, I mean, you're going to get a boost for moving it to you know to basic cable to Fox, but to move it to a Friday night, I don't know if that's necessarily the smartest idea. Yeah, it's not great. You can't do Thursday because of football. Um, Monday you can't do because the other wrestling show is on Monday, so it kind of limits you there. You can do Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday. They're on Tuesday right now. I prefer Tuesday. Yeah. Um. I don't know what other shows they got on there, but uh, yeah, Friday. Friday is what they're picking out. You know, Friday is not actually not a prime TV night. No. So I'll be interested to see what the hell they do with two billion dollars. Right. Right. Well, Fox was one of the you know, Fox News was one of the fifteen channels that broadcasted the wedding. Yeah. Um. The, the royal wedding on Saturday. Uh, when you told me the fifteen channels, that stunned me. But um. 29, 29 million people watched this royal wedding, and I gotta tell you, I thought that was low, but then I stopped to think about it. You know what? That's starting at what? 3 a.m. Central six. Time. Uh, but the wedding started at 6 o'clock. But like the pre wedding talk yeah. shows and everything started at 3. But yeah, the, the royal wedding itself started at what? 6 Eastern or 6 Central? I mean, 29 million watched this. This is a. Ridiculous. That's a big deal. That's, I mean, that's a big number considering the, the, the time of day. That'll probably be the biggest thing not named the Super Bowl this year. Sure. If there's a game seven of the NBA Finals, that might get up to $30 million, but that's ridiculous. The, the, apparently there was a wedding uh, seven years ago 
that only got like twenty two, twenty three million. Yeah, so Kate Middleton and Will uh, Prince William. I, I don't, I don't remember that much at all. Two thousand eleven, we were, we were still in college there. Yep. It was uh, yeah, I don't get the uh, fascination with any of that at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a there's a niche, there's a market for it. So uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. Um. Well, I don't know if anyone paid $2 billion to cover the rights to that. I don't believe they did, but uh, stunning nonetheless. Um, so, it is. there we go. Grins, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the Indy, Car fi- or the Indy 500 and uh, whatever else you do, my friend. There we go. It's going to be hot as hell. It's supposed to be like 90 degrees the rest of the week. So it's going to, that's going to be terrible. That's going to, be terrible. going to suck. Why? 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 Can't we have just nice 70 degree weather? Sucks. It does. Ooh. Ooh, 90s. That'd be nice. 75. Give me 75 or 80. Not 90. Right. Yuck. Great. Well, enjoy the weekend regardless. Yes. All right. You too. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see. Travis Krenz joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. A lot of good stuff in there, good content, good baseball talk, good basketball talk. WWE, TV deals, everything left and right there. You can find us online. Just, uh, oh, look at this, the Rockets making a run here. Warriors, hang on to this. Uh, you find us available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Also follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted to this podcast in the later part of the week. Next week, we will have Jeff Lloyd on. Uh, hopefully, we have finally got our schedules to align. So we're going to record, uh, do a segment with him. And then, um, yeah, uh, so that will hopefully air next week. We'll see if I can get Marcus Traxler on here next uh, fingers crossed. If not, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up the Sports Block Podcast so you never know what's going to happen. So stay tuned. We're just seconds away from finding out if Marcus is joining us here. Otherwise, he'll join us next week. Uh, but find out next if Marcus joins the Sports Block Podcast to talk Stanley Cup Final. Final? Washington? Vegas? Or Vegas and Tampa? We'll talk about it next here. Sports Block Podcast. We roll on here on the Sports Block Podcast, and my good friend Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here. And Marcus, uh, we we know the Stanley Cup final matchup now, and I think for the NHL's sake, it is about as good as you could possibly get. Vegas versus Washington. Uh, that's that. This is going to be a great Stanley Cup final, don't you think? I mean, I think uh, storyline-wise, I, I think it's about as good as you can ask. Um, and these are, if you look at the standings, these are two number one seeds, you know, the top teams in their division, if you will. Um, you know, Vegas has sort of proved themselves, had to prove themselves the whole way. Uh, Washington has had to prove themselves in the playoffs, for sure. And uh, really, I mean, buckled down it and got it done. So um, that was huge. I'm excited. You know, things get going on Monday, and I think it'll be a, uh, a, uh, I think this will be a long series. Yep, I I would agree with that. Vegas took care of the Winnipeg Jets in five. I think we've talked about this throughout the playoffs. Like, when are we going to stop being surprised by what Vegas does? And you know, we just should we just shouldn't be surprised at this point. Mark Andre Fleury is playing absolutely great, but 
I mean, the way they were able to come back after that, uh, what, in the game one loss against Winnipeg, and they, they didn't look very good, they didn't look like themselves, they took care of business the whole way through. Uh, I mean, as, as I said, Marc-Andre Fleury was great, but that uh, Marcheseau, I mean, he's very good. The whole team just played absolutely great, and it seemed like they, I mean, they, I don't know what else to say other than that they played great. Yeah, they really did. I mean, I think kind of like we've talked about uh, all playoffs, Flurry's been the big reason they've had a lot of success. I think really that championship pedigree in that is a huge advantage. When you think about back to the expansion draft, I know we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. that's really the kind of guy you want. I mean, you want a guy in that who's done it before. I think there was a debate about whether or not Flurry, uh, what kind of player he would be going forward if he was washed up. And he's played great in these playoffs for sure. So I think if Vegas is going to win that, uh, He's probably a consummate contender for sure. Absolutely. Anything else from this Vegas team stand out to you? I mean, like we talk about their speed. They have guys. I mean, Eric Halla has played well. Tuck has played well. They're former Wild players, so we know them a lot. So, I mean, that gives you some reason, I guess, to, to cheer for Winnipeg here in the final. But, I mean, it just seems like everyone on that team can contribute at any given moment. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of uh, talk about the Wild and the way they um, they kind of got got worked in that expansion draft for Jonathan Marshall show uh, and Florida. They look pretty terrible for the way oh, that, yes, they do. that unfolded. They did not have to give up uh, Marshall show, and they did. And so, uh, you know, they left a, a player who scored 30 goals last year available, um, and Vegas took him, and uh, it wasn't... Uh, very tough call this year. You know, he had, he had 75 points career-wise. So um, he's, he's proven himself. I'm glad he's getting this type of run in the playoffs uh, and then having a lot of success. And I'd say, you know, we, we, we talk about the Wild, obviously, they're, they're sort of the area team, but I think Florida's got the most egg on their, their face after uh, how that, that unfolded. No doubt. No doubt about it. Marcus Traxler joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. The Vegas Golden Knights expansion year, this inaugural season, so they're the first team since the 1968 St. Louis Blues to make it to the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, that's big news there. Of course, the Blues didn't win it, I don't believe, that year. So uh, no. they will take on the Washington Capitals, who haven't made it to the Stanley Cup Final in two decades. And this is the first time in Alexander Ovechkin's career that he has made it to the Stanley Cup Final. They couldn't get over that hump that is the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. Finally got over that. And then just when it looked like they had lost this series, they turned around a phenomenal performance in Game 6, out-hit the Lightning 39-19. It looked like the Lightning were just kind of there. They were just going through the motions. And now hindsight being twenty twenty, they probably wish they would have put forth a better effort because... If you go back to Game Five against Washington, there they haven't they didn't score a goal since the middle of the second period. I mean, two shutouts for Braden Holtby. He was great, and Alexander Ovechkin set the tone right away in Game Seven with a goal just a couple minutes in, and from there on out, it was Washington all the way through. What just a great effort by this Capitals team to overcome uh, the series deficit and also just the the history that's been stacked against them. Yeah, certainly. I think you know at every every point here where you might have uh, you know expected Washington to fold up. I think they you know you hate to use the cliche, but I think you know from a determination standpoint, uh, they've been ready to put this behind them. Uh, they played great tonight, obviously 
put put this series away in Game Seven. And uh, you know, I think, like you said, Holtby has been a big reason why they've had some success in these playoffs. We kind of mentioned, you know, the the mishmash approach they had early in the, the playoffs with goaltending. Holtby wasn't in there every game, but it's worked out great. I mean, it's not any question he's their number one guy, and he's played very well in these playoffs. And um, I've been particularly pleased that Ovechkin's played as well as he has. I think it, you know, I think he's had a career that isn't really worth some of the, the hate that he gets uh, because he's always being compared to Crosby. But uh, he's he's played great in these uh, these playoffs. I believe it was Eddie Olchek on the broadcast on uh, in Game Seven said that. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin played a Mark Messier style game in Game Six there, so that's certainly high praise. And you know he he was the the tone setter in Game Seven here, but uh, I mean he certainly had some help. But Tampa Bay missed a golden opportunity in the second period when they were down two nothing to get a goal wide open net and just missed out on that. Now for the and for the Capitals, I thought they kind of melted down a little bit. There, I can't remember if it was late first or early second, when um, you know Devonte Smith Pelly Smith Pelly took a puck to the neck, so he was out. And then right. uh, who was it? Tom Wilson or whatever just yeah. absolutely lost it. Got in a got a penalty, and then he fought the well, I think it was Coburn or something. The the Lightning defenseman right, right. right after right they got out, out of the out box. box. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, and so he gets ejected here. So you're down two defensemen at that point. And I thought that was where the Lightning could really, no pun intended, but capitalize on that opportunity If since the Capitals were so shorthanded there on the blue line, and they couldn't. So all the credit goes in the world to the Washington Capitals, who came into this game as, as determined and just as ready to play like they did in Game 6 against Pittsburgh to put the Penguins away. That's what it felt like in this one. Yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, I just think um, the, the sort of the opportunity to put the put the foot down and just you know not let Tampa Bay get back in the game. I think I mentioned this last week, but I do want to hit hit back on it again. I, you know, to me, Tampa Bay has has underachieved these last few years. Yep. Um, we go back to 2015, played Chicago in the finals, lost in six games. Uh, two years ago, they played the Penguins, lost in seven in the Eastern Conference. Didn't even make the playoffs last year, and now made it this year. Had 113 points in a huge season. You know, won the the President's Trophy in the Eastern Conference, and they've got nothing to show for it. I just, you know, um, to lose three games on the home ice is just—I uh, don't think you can really, you know, come back from that. And to your point, I don't think that fact gets brought up enough. Just that you know, the lack of success that Tampa Bay has had over the years, given their team. And maybe it's because they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, and so the spotlight is not on them like it is, you know, Alexander Ovechkin in the Capitals or Sidney Crosby in the Penguins. Maybe th- there's something to that effect, but uh, I know well, I, yeah, I agree with your was, point there. There was a big talk, I think it was two off seasons ago, about Stan Coast leaving. You know, everybody thought maybe he'd go to Detroit or go somewhere else. Yep. And he stayed. You know, he, he signed back on. And to me, that was like the the perfect indication that the window was open and they're just not capitalizing on it the way they, they need to be, I don't think. And so, um, not that they necessarily, you know, they're not in a, a, a teardown situation here, but it is, I think there's emergency there for sure. So the Capitals against the Golden Knights here, the first game of the Stanley Cup Final will be Monday, Memorial Day, 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe, is the uh, puck drop. There it'll be on NBC. 
just the initial thoughts now of Vegas and Washington. What are you kind of looking for? And uh, what, you know, I think we said that we want to see a long series, but uh, who do you think has the edge overall in this series? Um, I think it's, I think it's Washington. Um, to be honest, I think, uh, they played so well. They've been doubted, and I realize this is also true of Vegas, but they've been doubted at every turn. Uh, and I, I think, you know, when, when they were down 3-2 in this series, uh, I think people just sort of said, well, Washington, that's probably the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas, uh, has managed to keep the upper hand. So if they come away from the first two games with a 2-0 lead, and I think that's possible, I think Vegas will finish the series off and, and get the, the Stanley Cup, but I think, um, any situation where Washington is able to get a win in Vegas where it's been so difficult for teams to get a victory, um, I think they'll feel good. So I think the first two games will tell us a lot, at least as far as where the series is going. We may not have a true answer, but um, I'm very eager to see how these games do unfold. I, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think you really cross out Flurry as being a huge factor. Right. Um, and Vegas has been a team of unsung heroes all the way. So somebody's going to step up for them. I, I feel pretty confident in that. And I, I think it's just kind of a, also, you know, Washington maybe a, a bit older team. You know, is, is there going to yep. be fatigue at any stage here? Uh, that would be one thing I would watch with Washington. Well, you mentioned Mark Andre Fleury, and I think one of the the storylines in the Stanley Cup Final is the lack of Stanley Cup Final experience between these two teams. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury has it by a mile over anyone. Yeah. I mean, because you again, I mentioned you know this is the obviously the inaugural season for the Golden Knights, so. I mean, they've never been in this situation before, and these guys weren't necessarily like first-liners, first-teamers on any of their other teams. I mean, some have playoff experience, but it's just it's not a lot of them. And for Washington, I mentioned they've never been in the Stanley Cup final. They haven't been in there for or they haven't been there for two decades. No one on this team was around back then. So I think Mark Andre Fleury plays an absolutely huge factor in this, just from the standpoint that he's been in a Stanley Cup final before, and that knowledge, and I think he can help prepare Vegas far more than anyone else can. I mean, hell, Barry Trotz hasn't even coached in a Stanley Cup final. That's true. And, you know, one other point on on sort of the makeup of the series, this has been the playoffs in a big way of road road teams winning. Yep. And to me, you know, it's a great test. Obviously, Vegas has been untouchable at home for the most part. So um, I'm very eager to see what happens. That's why the first two games to me are just so big, because, Washington has not been phased by the road games. Uh, and this has been a road playoffs, but it's, it's Vegas. And I think that, you know, they're going to be amped up uh, for those first two games for sure. No doubt about it. That The scene at T-Mobile Arena is going to be incredible. It's all going to unfold here over the next couple of weeks. Got a couple more weeks left in the NHL season. It's bound to be good, and uh, uh, hope we'll be able to talk again here next week and throughout the Stanley Cup Final. Thank you, Marcus, as always, for the time, and uh, we'll chat soon, my friend. You bet. Take care. Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here, Sports Block Podcast. Talk some hockey. Great hockey talk. Great hockey mind. And yes, it is Vegas versus Washington in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, again, dripping, oozing with storylines here. Alexander Ovechkin making it to his first cup. Of course, you have the Golden Knights, the expansion team. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury left for the dead, you know, after, you know, Pittsburgh with the last couple of years. He could win his third straight Stanley Cup. And this would be the, really the first one that he's, like, in the last three years where he's been the huge factor for that team, the starting goaltender. So huge all the way around for, um, 
this this is going to be phenomenal. The NHL could not have asked for a better Stanley Cup final. Sure, if the Blackhawks were in there, that's fine. I think Minnesota would have a great pull for the NHL because of all the hockey fans throughout Minnesota. And I mean, you have them, you know, dispersed in states like Arizona and Florida. Uh, but so I think they would be good. But of course, they don't carry the national weight. But this storyline with Vegas is huge, and of course with Washington, uh, maybe there was some Penguin fatigue. Uh, so Washington, you can't get much better than that. This is going to be great again Monday night, Memorial Day night on NBC, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Puck drop there. NBA Finals will begin next week as well. We'll be discussing that. Is it going to be Celtics, Cavs? Celtics or Cavs out of the East? Will it be the Warriors or the Rockets out of the West? We'll find out. Talk about all that. Baseball, so much more. Again, you can find us online. uh, Find this podcast online. Just search the sports block. It's now on iTunes. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted to the podcast middle of the later part of the week. I want to thank Travis uh, always for joining me with great insight. Including the WWE stuff. I saw what ESPN signed a, 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 year, a deal with UFC for one and a half billion dollars to broadcast that. I mean, that's huge. So tons of big deals there for the for the martial arts and the wrestlings of the world. Um, so that's big news there. Uh, next week, we promise. I hope Jeff Floyd the second from Lockdown Browns podcast. Marcus, hopefully, and uh, as Travis as well. So Stanley Cup final talk, NBA finals talk. Uh, NFL Draft Recap, and so much more coming up next week. So thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken uh, here saying thank you again. We hope you enjoyed this week's uh, podcast and hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.